You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome to the Bandwagon Podcast, and today is a jump-off edition. The jump-off is basically where I get a chance to kind of rant and rave or um, kind of get things off my chest. And so there's no interview with a guest. You guys have sent in your questions via Instagram, and today I think I've got about 20-plus. It's been absolutely crazy, the the amount of people who've got involved in uh, so I try and do these once a month or once every couple of months uh, just to kind of uh, give you guys a bit of a break and uh, for me to kind of give my thoughts as well. Uh, but first of all, a massive thank you to everybody who's got involved in the Bundy Shored uh, podcast workbook. It's still available uh, to go through. It's at www.bandwagon.com where you're able to download a workbook, uh, go through the history of Bundy Shore and then have an opportunity to record a podcast and share it with me. And then I'll create a specialist playlist uh, on the channel for everybody to kind of uh, learn as well. It, it is designed for uh, people under 11, 12, uh, for, for them to get involved because it is a kid's kind of workbook. Um, and it's just an opportunity for you guys to get involved. So a big thank you for everybody and the, the comments and uh, emails and messages I've had have been so so positive it has been quite overwhelming um, and I'm working through it especially over the first period uh, to get that playlist out okay so without further ado I will make a start on the your questions so I asked uh, what topics do you want me to discuss on the podcast and the first the first thing that came rushing in straight away was around Asian media um, I've got quite a lot of uh, thoughts around the, the Asian media and um, I, I'm trying to digest and try and give you my honest opinion at the same time. I think we've got a real, real problem in terms of uh, the future of what I think and what I class where Asian media goes to. We And I will use an example of uh, BBC Radio Derby, the Ajgal radio show, um, who operated from Derby uh, BBC Studios for over 40 years. And in the last few weeks, had, um, basically did their final show. The amount of work, Satnam Rana, 
uh, Polly Tank, who I've had on the on the podcast and the team over the years that they've done for South Asian music and entertainment is priceless. The amount of effort that they've done is priceless. The knowledge that they've passed on and, sh- and interviewed their guest and shared with the audience has been priceless. And I'm pretty certain that people who are listening to this or watching this um, might not even even heard of the show. And it's just a sad state of affairs that you've had professionals like that who've documented the history of Pongra uh, at key points. I learned a lot of my knowledge. I know a lot of my peers have learned a lot of stuff from people like that, that they've actually kind of went in the went into the wilderness without really having the deserved fanfare that they should have got. And when I kind of think of that and then try and bring it into, you know, my thoughts and feelings now, over the last 18 months, I've got a little bit disheartened. We've had some of our biggest artists who have come over and toured in the UK over the, let's say, uh, uh, in the past 18 months. Your Karan Ojlars, your Daljit Dasanjis, Gurdasman, Shub, all these people who have come top of their game and I've been kind of disappointed because I've never had a chance to uh, listen to him and give a a really detailed interview. And, you know, the likes of Brit Asia, the likes of BBC haven't really gone given a kind of, or had the opportunity to give an in-depth interview. And then from the artist's point of view, they're worried that if they're going to be giving detailed interviews, is it going to turn clickbaity? Is it going to be uh, some kind of scandal that people are going to create some controversies on? So there's no trust from there. So if we've got two elements here, we've got a media and we've got artists and there's nervousness that they're both experiencing. What's that's going to happen is kind of a no media policy. You're going to have artists controlling their own narrative on their social media accounts. And then what then what that kind of stimulates is those creatives who are in doing podcasts or doing youtube videos or written journalists or tv uh, presenters or broadcasters not being able to grow and if you don't have the smaller people let's say how are they going to get picked up by the bigger organizations for talent and our industry the south asian industry that i'm talking about here is already very small and you're going to kill off the next generation so I don't know where it needs to give and go, but I really appreciate some of those bigger artists if they took a risk on some of those people who are uh, who are starting out and doing um, interviews and making them guys look good. But then also at the same time, those radio stations and TV uh, TV uh, stations, I want them to kind of take that risk as well. And you know, some of them, if you look at Brit Asia, put a lot of money into the into some of the, into tours and nights and stuff and they don't have to so if they don't get the financial revenue back and we get a lack of supply of artists i think things are going to come to a crashing end really soon and what we've seen is um you know the emergence of virgin radio over the last uh, um over the the wali period which for me was really refreshing one we got to hear harps core um uh, back on radio and it was reassuring from that point of view that there's organizations or mainstream organizations who are still willing to invest and gamble with the South Asian music scene. So I think what that's going to do is push up the BBC in terms of what they're going to be doing. So 
I think they might have had it a bit comfortable over the last few years where they not necessarily had a real comp, uh, another organisation that they're competing against uh, nationally. They might have it just in London or whatever. But now, if these got if Virgin get the act together and say, yeah, we're going to take a good role of it, then we get, it's going to start putting pressure on some of those um, those shows or the let's say the content that's put out there, which sometimes, in my opinion, is is kind of questionable, but. I'm not the demographic that they that they kind of aim their 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 material at. So I think it's really interesting times. I'm nervous, and we are at a very crucial T junction of where uh, where we're going to go and how it how it operates. So yeah, those are my thoughts on the the Asian media. Right back into the phone. Right, um, what are my thoughts on seasonal uh, affective disorder? Right, so this is known as SAD, and this is just my interpretation, but I think it goes down to, um, let me just have a look at this into, into real detail. Seasonal. Right, so the official one is known as winter depression because there is um, limited, limited sunlight and it causes changes into sleep patterns, pleasure activities, loss of energy. Um, so how do they, how do they, how to operate it? Uh, sorry, how to treat it? It's taking long walks, uh, eating lunch or in a nearby park. The basic gist of it is don't listen to uh, your, your Google in terms of trying to give you uh, information from there. Uh, my interpretation from seasonal affective disorder is, and I'm not a trained doctor, so um, my my only thing is when it gets too, if it's bright outside and it's raining, um, I have to put on shades because if I don't, then my eyes start getting a bit puffy and I start getting bigger bags under my eyes and um, I don't know what else to do. But I do know that uh, vitamin D actually does, does really help on this, but... Uh, and that is supposed to obviously come from uh, from sunlight, but it is a real thing. Uh, I don't know, but if anybody wants to kind of pay for me to go to Dubai and get some real sun and heat for, as a test test study, then uh, please let me know and uh, get in contact, and I'd really appreciate that. So yeah, not really a good answer, not really answering anything of there, but uh, I do believe it's true. Next one: fake sold out shows. Now this is a this is a really important one. We we live in a world around PR and marketing, right? Anything that we're doing now, even when I how I'm presenting this podcast and I'm sharing it out on platforms, it's all about PR marketing. Um, because if you don't, then no one's going to take interest. But what's also interesting uh, nowadays, and you'll see this, um, especially in the fighting game, we've had a good example of this with uh, Dylan Dallas and uh, Logan Paul, that the story, the narrative around the, the actual fight where um, allegedly there's been pictures of uh, Logan Paul's partner, uh, fiance, and Dylan Dallas, uh, him kind of trolling her on, um, on social media, became the story, the PR, the narrative. And it gained so much interest that people actually bought the, the pay-per-view and it was um, at this point they were saying it is one of the biggest sort of pay per views of 2023, um, and then eventually people made money out of it. 
And that's the PR story. But the actual event itself was an absolute letdown. That's fine. You know, respect any person going into a ring. Uh, putting their life on the line. That's fine. But the point is that there was a narrative and a story being told around this. So I want you to kind of take that same thought. When you see um, people touring or you see things on social media that um, may not sit right or you want to have a double take on it, it, it's pretty healthy to have that to have that school of thought. So, you know, I could say my podcast here is sold out because there's only one seat in this room and it's mine and it's filled. So technically it's sold out. If you've got a venue and you're doing a comedy tour or a, sh a concert or a um, performance of sort and you've got a hundred seats and they're all taken you can say it's sold out volume and capacity is the key metrics within this so when you see people selling out 2000 uh, seater places but then all of a sudden a venue change to something which it only holds 300 and it's it's sold out the way it's packaged the way the optics are put out is really important so Always bear that in mind, what messages people are trying to send out to you to convince you that it's real. Um, so I'll just kind of leave that there for you to think about when you see things and it doesn't make sense. Because the worst thing, in my opinion, and I've discussed this with um, Prash, who, who is part of Desi Beats. He does um, loads of big sort of your Pangara nights, so to speak, uh, across the country. And he always said, I said to, I asked him the real question, you know, if you if you go to a concert and there's an artist there performing and you see a lot of empty seats there, whose fault is that? Interestingly, he said it was the promoter's fault because they didn't push things out. They didn't do the correct due diligence. They didn't book the correct seat, seating capacity. Because if you're a fan of, a, of, a, of an artist and you go to that venue, and then all of a sudden you're looking around and there's loads of empty seats. You're going to think twice that when that person comes again, do you want to pay your hard-earned money to go and see him again? So if you're a budding artist, know your value, book capacity, seating, whatever you want to do, that's more realistic. There's no point in booking out big arenas or you know the O2 Institute tour if you know in reality that you're going to be doing you've got a smaller reach and engagement um because in this day and age that PR and marketing is is everything and you don't want to be like uh Logan Paul and Dylan Dalitz where you've done everything you get to the final stage and you just flop that's not good for yourself obviously and it's not good for everybody else thank you Next one, overconsumption of social media, my thoughts. Um, I do think I do think it's a bit of a problem. I've come off on a couple of social media uh, platforms because it was the algorithm out there um, was just super negative. And um, obviously that's controlled from what you're seeing, but I, at the time, I was looking quite heavily on the news, what was happening. 
Um, and then that kind of spawned on your algorithm and you're constantly seeing negative stories. Um, and what I did also notice, I've done an experiment, is in the mornings, if I'm quite if I'm quite heavy on social media, that as soon as I get up, reading what's happened in the news, looking at, um, you know, my football team, for example, it's not great at the moment and it puts me in a bad mood. So um, limiting your, your, your time on social media consumption is really important. Um, also, putting time limiters on their post and go. So, you know, giving yourself 10 minutes, 15 minutes uh, per platform per day. I think that would be some of the things that moving forward that I'm going to do. But I do think it is a real thing. The war. Um, it's really depressing at the moment. Um, and, and it is one of the, it is related to an, a bit of an earlier question. Um, I, I can't even read the, and watch the news at this moment in time. Uh, no matter your stance on whether you're pro-Israel, you're pro-Palestine, I think what everybody should be agreeing on, and I find it really difficult for people who who kind of deviate from this point of that the humanitarian crisis that's happening there is appalling. And there's been public votes around trying to promote a ceasefire, um, around getting a discussion on the round table. It is really, really heartbreaking to, to see that, especially when you see young children um, being affected, murdered, uh, killed. I've, I've been very careful in terms of, you know, how what I can see because it's not good for me. Um, and knowing what my kind of, uh, what kind of um, your, your, your own kind of mental well-being, that seeing uh, pictures of young children and babies, um, dead uh, parents, um, you know, mourning their loss. It's mad. And I can't understand why there isn't any, the, the concerted effort to try and find a peace deal or trying to get this sorted as soon as I can. I, I listen to and I watch kind of Piers Morgan interviewing both sides um, of the uh, the argument, try to give a fair balance, a balanced opinion on it. Um, but it's it's a it's too much. It 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 is it really is too much, and uh, I think I probably need somebody else who's a lot more qualified to try and kind of lay it out. So um, hopefully I can bring on somebody soon in order to discuss it in more detail. Um, let's have a look. Why do artists pay to get views? Uh, really good question. Okay, um, from from my knowledge of this and my experience of this and seeing how people do it, there was a time that um, media organisations would look at an artist uh, kind of YouTube profile or social media profile uh, to see whether they're worth pushing. Um, so if an artist had 2 million followers, was getting 10 million views per video uh, at that time. It was probably safe to say that if you're a radio station, that you'd want to push and promote this artist because it's it's a certified uh, hit. He's a certified or she's a certified um, um, superstar. 
I think then what ended up happening was the game changed a little bit where you could find out that on platforms you can buy YouTube viewer views, subscribers, engagement, likes, dislikes, whatever it would be, uh, tweets, retweets, whatever. Um, because, again, if the metrics are being defined by success of how many followers you've got, how many views you're getting, just like kind of a desi mentality, we're going to go and do it in excess. So that's when those 10 million views sort of turned into 100, 200 million uh, streams or or whatnot. Um, but now what's tend to happen is because everybody's doing it, it's it's kind of level the playing field. So the next stage now is like you'll see in people's wrapped and or unwrapped posts on on social media that they've hit, you know, half a billion streams, a billion streams, two billion streams, um, and that's supposed to define you of what your success is. So if you're a, a budding artist, you will know what your true engagement is. I know when I interview people on here what their true engagement is, um, and that's fine. There, there, there's 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 no there's no problem. I think what happens is when you start believing your own hype, and that that line of disillusional um, kind of fame can get a little bit blurry for some people that they actually start believing their own hype, and that's when when you when people try and book tours or they try and book an event and nobody turns up, it's a really harsh reality for them. Um, so that's why I think uh, that's why artists do it, because for their product to be perceived to be successful, they need the numbers to match it. If it can't be done organically, then they'll try and buy it um, any other way. Uh, and I've actually changed my tune on this. I actually don't mind that anymore because I think it's so um, common that people are doing that it's actually leveled the playing field. So if you do sponsor your uh, your posts and stuff, uh, that's fine. The algorithm now and platforms now uh, will limit your post to a certain kind of uh, cap, I believe. Um, and this is what I heard kind of second, third hand unless you they want you to spend money and sponsor your post so it goes out further so um sometimes i will sponsor an episode um that that's come out and obviously it will go a lot further than i didn't um but that comes into your marketing and pr um and so that's why i think um i've kind of changed my um my viewpoint on this because everybody's doing it not not to the what I'm doing in terms of sponsoring. I think what people are buying that tens of millions of views and stuff is uh, I think that's different. Uh, but it's quite bizarre, really, isn't it? That we um, kind of are satisfied. We measure somebody's success by their social, how many friends they have on Facebook. <laughs> Bad. Next one. Underrated, talented artists. Really good question. Um, I think the UK is at a point now where we've got the potential to kind of boom off. We have had kind of individuals at this moment, uh, Raf Sapera for being one, um, kind of flying 
the flag of uh, a new breed or new generation of of singers coming through however if you look at um the recent true school punjabi mc um concert that was put on we had about 10 new singers there uh, i think and then when you look on tiktok you'll see new budding artists appearing all the time so i think as long as these guys are coached and taught or and packaged in the correct way i think we're going to come through a little for a little bit of a golden period here now i think it's going to be good because the current artists need the competition bali sagu needed punjab bmc um you needed the opera sigit needed hira sofri needed malkit competition is always good for the consumer and it's also good for the artists themselves so um there are underrated talented artists out there i think as gula for me is going to be um one of the best producers to come out of the uk in recent times i think he's got the potential to go really really far and um and I already had him on the podcast as well, and and I and I told him there. But there are some underrated other people as well at the at the same time in different camps. So yeah, I think we're in good. We're in um we're in for a, a good time. Next one. Who will be your next Man United manager? So I'm trying to group these questions in um together. So I don't kind of repeat myself, but it's been a really, really challenging time to be a Man United fan at this moment in time. I think as a football fan in general, when you see players wearing your shirt, your club shirt, it's not just a shirt that somebody's wearing. It's history, it's blood, sweat, tears, emotion. There's love in that fabric. And the very minimum thing that you expect from somebody wearing that shirt of your football club, representing the club, is effort, determination, and to have a go. So when you see players not giving that effort to me, it's criminal because if we had half of their talent and you had an opportunity to play. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? 
outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply for your football club you would you do anything so when you see what United fans in this case are experiencing it's quite pathetic and we've been through this cycle again and again and again you can almost script it what's going to happen next um, but for me this time we have to kind of control the narrative and, and back Eric Ten Hag at this point because if we don't, we're going to be doing the same thing. And even if you're in the in the os coming in, even if it was Qatar, what would they, what are they expecting to do straight away? You're limited on financial uh, fair play money. You're you still got the dross in the um, in the changing rooms. It's not an over overnight sort of fix, um, but also at the same time, it kind of put, it's putting it's putting me off football. It really is. I, I, I can't remember the last time I watched match today uh, properly with smiling um, for more than two weeks in a row, should I add. Um, it's quite depressing. So I hope those people are enjoying the misery of United. But what I will say is when we get it right, it's going to be very, very painful for a lot of other people. I understand Liverpool fans especially that Man United ruined their childhood because they won everything. I get it. I've been lucky that we've seen what we've seen and what we've won. Um, but we will be back. Don't you worry. Right. What we got next? Five top artists at the moment. Wow. Um... I kind of say what I felt in the last two years where people have actually gone onto next levels and kind of rank them. I think with everything considered, obviously Siddhu is, is number one because of the amount, uh, because of, I think he's just in a different lane into, he is now a business. You'll see people kind of using his name. He's like an industry. Um, and for what, his name and his work has opened doors for for other people and still continues to. I think he'll be number one for a very long time. 
second artist who I'd say is had a, a, a brilliant is it's got to be Daljeet. Daljeet, if and different to obviously Siddhu as well, but Daljeet is dominating cinema as well at the same time, and I think he's on the verge of releasing another bunch of films as well at the same time. But doing Coachella, having his collaborations, look at the post that he's putting, just look at his social media, what he's doing, and those collaborations that he's got there uh, is unbelievable. He's setting levels. Um, and, you know, it's exciting to know what the, the, the future is going to be. He's just, an, <laughs> this is the genius. And I've talked about more PR marketing before. He was getting absolute palters where there was a video of him do um doing um a Illuminati sign. And he he actually came out and commented against it, saying, I don't know, you guys are just kind of crazy. And now what he's done, and this is absolute genius, he's gone out there and doing a one, I think it's a one-off event in Vancouver with over 50,000 stadium tour called Deluminati, I think it is. I'm just going to get this right at, at, at this stage because I, I don't want to, I don't want to get it wrong and get the, the, the spelling right. So hang on, let's have a look. Yeah, Deluminati tour. Unbelievable in April 2024, and you know, I think something like half of the the half of the ticket allocation went in about 24 hours. The guy is <laughs> next level. Um, right, number three, I would say, uh, got an has had a a brilliant one. The Icky album, especially, um, has been fantastic. Um, the way the, the softly is obviously just dominating a lot of it. Um, uh, airspace, it's been it's been brilliant. So I think he's had a really good twenty twenty three as well. Um, so fair play to him. And uh, you know, alongside with him is obviously with Icky. Icky's can't do nothing wrong. Anything Icky touches is turning into gold. He's unbelievable. He's the best <clears throat> Punjabi producer out there right now. Yeah, I, I can't even think there's anyone too close to him. I think he's even in his own lane of, of what he's doing at this moment in time. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, for, I'm going to say, Jazzy B. I can't have a, a top five without Jazzy B in there. The, um, the level of work that he's putting out, the the new material what's coming on the horizon his bookings everything um it's he's it's like a second wind and um i'm here to enjoy the ride and uh as you know i can't have uh, an episode without mentioning him so yeah number five i would say ap um by doing that move with um netflix and having a um was it netflix ah well, i don't know netflix or Amazon, i can't remember uh, by him doing his um, his documentary has set real levels and um, 
And this is a risk, though, as well, because, again, going back to a little bit of the that no media policy that some artists are, not everyone's going to be able to do interviews with Forbes or being GQ magazine or having a, uh, a Netflix documentary. Um, and these guys are top of their tree, absolute top of their tree. Um, so excellent. Uh, noble shout outs as well. Manny Sandu is still doing unbelievable, crazy numbers. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. All right. <clears throat> People being more open and honest online and don't always need everything to, to and don't always need everything to toxic positivity. I don't know what the the end part means, but I'll stick to people being more open and honest online. Um, I think it's safe to say not everything that people put on social media is actually true. Um, and you'll see quite a lot of influencers, especially during the, the wedding period or DJs or wedding suppliers, just going above and beyond. And it's absolute cringe. Um, because if you look to... If you don't look too deeply, it's not that hard that you can see them sort of bad-mouthing each other anyway um, under this little veneer. Um, it, it's it's quite a toxic industry within there. But um, I think the more people have an open, honest dialogue, um, especially kind of offline, that influences what people do online. So that's... Um, yeah, those are my thoughts on that one. DJs who say live set but play pre-mixes and artists who lip sync over their tracks. Now, this one got quite a lot of... Um, I got quite a lot of emojis attached to it. So I think it goes through your understanding of what a DJ is. You can have a selector. You can have a disc jockey. You can have somebody who's excellent on the mic. You could have somebody who's just brilliant on just mixing things. I think there's so many different levels and it's really difficult to be a master of everything. But if somebody's booking you because they're based on a mix that you've done, I think they want to hear that mix. So you, if you're going to live play it, you can. If it's already kind of already done, you can. It's it's You pay your money, you take your choice no one's forcing you to kind of do that or book somebody or book um, an artist. It's up, it's up to you. If you've got an artist who lip syncs over their tracks, I'm sure you're going to know that before you booked them in the first place, because you ain't booked a band. What do you think is going to happen? Um, and you need to kind of, I don't think this is as serious as it needs to be. Um, there's loads of options out there if it are based on the style that you that you want from from people um and if somebody is getting booked and they're doing well and you know something else about them why do you want to take the roti off them let them carry on um good luck to them and i think that's the um the old the old fashioned phrase of let's unity is the key thing and when it comes to practical things like this i don't think it's there Next question. Young people acting like they make six-figure salaries when it's really their parents' money paying. 
Yeah, this is a, a real good one, um, especially for those property developers out there who've started off from money that was given to them or their dad's house or their mom's house or whatever. Um, yeah, I, you know, to be fair, I don't really mind this question um, of how people behave. I think I, I've said it before, the, the kind of people who, which is a real switch off for me is that within... If you speak to somebody that you've just met and within three minutes they're talking about their property portfolio and all how much money that they've got, uh, it's a real turn off for me because I don't really value that stuff. Some of the people do. It 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 really pisses me off, to be fair. Um, and then when you find out that it's actually not their property portfolio, it's somebody else's and they're blagging on it, then I start feeling sorry for them. It, it's but he ain't gonna he ain't gonna make me sleep less by knowing that information. But I know it pisses a lot of other people off there. But yeah, so I said my bit. So the Nahal issue. So just to give you some kind of context on this, the um Nahal who actually came on to uh, the bandwagon podcast not too uh, not too long ago to promote his book. Um, which was an absolutely fantastic one. Um, actually, did it kind of gave a rare kind of um, kind of statement or interview or whatever where he was talking about a real struggle that he faces, and it's a personal one that he doesn't see many white colleagues in his in his workplace. And I think if you are from a um, you know an ethnic background. At some stage, especially if you're older, you've kind of had this experience in some way, shape. I'm making a mass generalization, but I definitely did. I got a job in a workplace once because, and I believe, and it was kind of said to me offhand that I kind of hit a quota. They need, there wasn't, I was the only, I ended up being the only Asian in the office. Um, and I had two choices there. Do I, at that time, was do I kind of make a big deal out of it? And I was too young. I was really young. And so to me, that option wasn't available. But the second option was, well, I'm going to earn your respect by by doing it. And luckily, the latter one kind of paid off for me. But I think Nahal works in a in an environment where it's very it should be very diverse. You're working in big, super diverse cities. And the workforce, um, in his opinion, should be kind of be representative of that i I don't and i I didn't think it was that bigger of a um deal uh, at the time when i read it until i read his responses that he's been getting on social media some of the blatant racism that he's been getting is absolutely disgusting um and it kind of reinforces his, his his um his some of his personal thoughts with it so I actually understand where where he's coming from um and I hope that when somebody has given an opinion like that even if you disagree you can still respect their opinion and it doesn't mean that you need to change yours whatever it is but everybody's entitled to to their opinion from there but if you pop off and you you kind of speak from somebody uh, what um and you and you're not from that background whether you're Asian yourself and it's a different religion or faith. You, how do you know what it's like to be in another person's shoes? You can't. So 
Um, sometimes the art of silence is also important as well. Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this conversation actually develops into a more constructive and um, constructive action. All right, next one. Why people choose a certain profession? Is it for money, fame, and passion? Um, this is aimed at the music industry. Um, I mean, if you're if you if you're a top DJ now, you could be earning, you know, and you're a top DJ here, half a million million pound plus per year. The money that's involved in the whole wedding industry is absolutely huge. Um, and the attraction to work in there is really positive. You're getting to meet the stars, celebs, influencers, high powerful brands. You have access to corporate events. You have uh, booze, food, access all the time. Um, it's quite attractive for a lot of people. And now as we're seeing the industry moving on to the next generation is turning a little bit more pro professional as the years go on. Um, you're going to see a lot more people trying to get into this. You know, if you can, uh, if you're going to work and you're working 40 hours a week and you're picking up, you know, two, two grand or two and a half grand a, a month, some of these um, suppliers in the, in the wedding industry are picking quadruple that amount a week. So you can see why the attraction is is within there. It's not really the same within the music industry unless you're getting um, bookings as artists, but you're talking about a smaller niche, uh, a smaller amount of people. So I think why people are choosing that is because it is more down to money, I believe, at this stage. The fame kind of comes and goes. Um, it comes part of it with the money because... What do people like to do is when they spend the money, they want to take a photo and tell everyone what they bought with it. So that's that one. Cost of living crisis. Oh, my God. This month, I had the first time I've had a, a smart meter in, um, installed in my house. And I can't take my eyes off it. I've worked out that to put the kettle on in my house is costing me 10p a time. And it really hurts me. <laughs> Um, and that's just from what I'm experiencing and to know what the weather is going to be like, it was cold last week, freezing, the heating came on every single day and we are in a position lucky enough where we can afford to pay those bills as it's going up and you start to start thinking about your future planning, especially next year, you were coming towards the end of the year you know, bills are going up ridiculous. And then you're thinking, you know, then you're thinking about your own situation because someone's got to give. You can't be living that lifestyle as prices are going up and not have any consequences. And then you look outside and how many people are struggling as well. It's a really sad time. Food banks are busier than ever. Um, look at the um, kind of soup kitchens, the the longer, longer, um charities out there who have said that they've they've been busier than ever as well. Um I, I don't know where this finishes again at the same time. Um it's really 
really, really concerning. And I hope that the government or a new government come who's coming in or whether it whatever happens actually have a real productive constructive plan of how to address this because they it simply can't just be going one direction it needs something needs to happen really quickly elders passing away and the knowledge that goes with them does the future look bleak Oh man, this is a bit of a a bit of an emotional one. Um, you as you as you, as we as obviously you get you're getting older, and then as I, as I'm getting older, um, this question it becomes more and more poignant. You know, my my parents are in their mid sixties now, and sometimes you're scared to ask them certain questions because you don't want to. It's uncomfortable. It's not nice. And you think that how long on average, you know, that how long your parents might have left. And, you know, that day is going to come at some stage and it will happen to all of us. Um, and you just hope that all the questions that you wanted to ask, you've got the answers for. And I always remember my, my, my dad <laughs> was speaking to my uh, granddad once about someone in India, something about the house in India was something needed doing. And uh, my dad was trying to ask him the question to say, you know, afterwards, do you want me to do this, that? And my granddad completely lost it with him, saying, like, what are you trying to do? I'm still alive here and you're trying to kill me off. And then the inevitable happened. My granddad passed away and my, my dad goes, he never answered the question. <laughs> so he had to guess what you would have liked to have done to the house. And I think that's really important that if you have a chance to kind of speak to your parents, your grandparents, more importantly, um, is to learn as much as you can and document it down as best. The reason why, one of the reasons I did this post podcast as being a personal one is because I wanted to know the information of people who I wanted to interview and know certain things and at the other time was kind of a legacy that when in a situation i'm not here that my kids or my family or my friends knew my opinion on certain things so they would have an idea of what it, what 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 i was like and um just kind of your thought patterns so at this moment, you know, we've had <clears throat> I've had a couple of clo very close family uh, bereavements, and one of my mates uh, lo lost his his dad, and it really puts it in kind of perspective. Um, that I think as a community and as people, we need to get comfortable with with death, and um, have a relationship in terms of the understanding of what it means, um, and how do we kind of celebrate life rather than. Um, naturally becoming in such a depressive state um because it it, it it obviously you know it's it's heartbreaking um and i'm trying to say that you know where the future looks bleak in the question um that we try and reframe it and make it positive to kind of celebrate life and say what was the what was the learning that we could take away how do we move forward as as a, as an individual from the lessons that they would have taught you um 
I know I'm giving kind of a really cringy answer, but I just don't know how to kind of um, answer it any other way. If you go, if your grandparents are alive, especially, um, they're the best, man. They're the best. Next one is influencers <laughs> taking it too far. Um, I don't know. Some people might think that I've taken this too, bit too far. So I'm a little bit cautious in kind of judging opinions. But some people, honestly, they would sell, they're selling their life, their birthdays, their, their weddings, all of this for just cheap, tacky content material. So please, man, let's just let's just get a little bit of class, a little bit of rebalance in there. But I understand it as well at the same time. I'm in the same game. So <laughs> hypocrite alert. What topics do you want me to discuss? People's dads. I know where this came from and I won't answer it at this time, but I will do. <laughs> People's dads. Tremendous. Um, and that's it. So um, a big thank you um, if you've managed to stay all the way through this. Um, I really appreciate the support. Um, I'm coming up to sort of 100 episodes. I'm working my way on who it is. Um, I have been a little bit slow in the last few months um, where I've been doing kind of one podcast every two to three weeks. I'm trying to make this more of a live production and I've got um, a few ideas of what I'm going to be doing next year. So a big thank you for everybody who continuously supports this messages me uh, when I've bumped into people and I hear real positive kind of feedback it really is the motivation um, so if you if you do like this and you want to share support that's great I will be opening up to sponsorship opportunities as well um, because I have been approached by a few brands in terms of to kind of promote and want to work collaboratively but I'm very careful who I want to promote because it needs to kind of sit with me. And um, if it does, if it does sit with me, then I'd kind of push it to the max as well. So um, if you're interested in that, then um, send me a message on any of the social media platforms. I'll be able to pick it up, but a big thank you to everyone. Uh, the more you support, follow me and help me, uh, the, the bigger the guests and the, the access that I can get for, for you guys. So uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, and a big thank you. Cheers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.